Howdy gamers, it's Layton here from Layton Night, the podcast that you're currently listening to in case you accidentally stumbled upon this, in which case I am sorry, but just wanted to let you know that there is a video version of this episode that is up on our Patreon for all tiers. So if you want to join us over there, depending on the tier, you can get all sorts of cool benefits. We do mini-sodes every week. We do some fun videos. Uh, You get access to our fan discord and overall it's a really lovely time and we would love to have you there. So without any further ado, here is the audio version of this episode. So if you want to do the video version, you can go to patreon.com slash Leighton Night or not. Really whatever floats your boat. Anyway, episode... Brian, did you receive the pic? Did you receive the picture? No, it hasn't come through yet. Hold on, let me just post it to our Discord. Maybe this is the best picture of you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there it is. There it is. There it is. Now it came through the text. Hold on. This rules. This is my new profile picture on everything. <laughs> Um, so for context for listeners, we've had a real, um, set of shenanigans in recording, (laughs) starting recording this episode, a series of unfortunate events, if you will, that culminated in Brian's internet, internetting out. And so he got totally frozen in what I can only describe as Jack Nicholson frozen at the end of The Shining. (laughs) And it gets funnier the longer I look at it. We'll post it. Yeah, we'll post it. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Late Night with Brian Wacht and Jarek Centeno. Yes. Oh, wow. You. A quick, uh, quick intro. Just yeah. the three of us and the not guest. <laughs> <laughs> do you like how much I committed to that? That's a great song. I do love that song. Is that Marvin Gaye? No. Oh, Jarek. Who was that? Just Shame the on two you. of us. It's Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. Bill Withers. Okay, I got him confused. Wow. Again. Yeah, Bill Withers, a, a true legend. A true legend. I know. I just, I got him confused. Uh-huh. I get a lot of people confused from, as you know, Brian, I got Billy Joel and Billy Idol confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Springsteen and who's the other guy that got confused? Dave Matthews. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and also Steve Miller. Steve Miller, okay. I have a friend, I have a friend uh, my buddy Rich, uh, who has a theory, which is actually pretty accurate, that anytime you're listening to classic rock radio and you can't identify a song, but you've kind of heard it before, it's the Steve Miller band. Ah. And fair, it, it's fair shockingly hypothesis. true. Steve Miller band has like an insane number of hits and yet is a very generic sounding band. Name three. I can't. I I mean this is this is the thing. <laughs> like if you said the names I might remember it. Uh mm-hmm. I'm sure I would be able I'm sure if you said the songs I would be like, "Oh yeah, that song." Couldn't tell you it's jack like shit about the Steve Miller. You know band. it when you see it. Yeah. Well, also Steve Miller also liked uh at least for me pornography. I know it when I jerk off to it. <laughs> uh let's look at their happened. singles. Uh, Wait, hold Brian. on, hold on. Before we move on, we're going to look at the Steve Miller Band uh, singles. Don't that start are the, jerking the off, you. Well, Turned I'm going away. to. Oh, of course, The Joker. That's the big one. Oh, yeah. I'm a Joker. Oh, I'm a toker. Me this bi- I'm, I'm a midnight Did you also smoker. know that was like yeah. sampled in a Shaggy song? That's basically the whole Shaggy song. Oh, dude, it's like a whole thing. And also, The Joker, I believe it's that one, or is it another one? I think it's the Joker. It it kind of references a Steve Miller universe because it uses like characters from other Steve Miller songs, if I'm remembering. That has a, a famous line, which is, I speak the pompadus of love. The pompadus. What the fuck is the pompadus of love? Pompadus dick. Yeah, pompadus. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Pompa these nuts. 
Uh, sorry, but yes, Leighton, continue, continue, continue. Yeah, so another thing that happened, Brian, while you were away for a moment before we started recording and that it was looking like this was going to be a Leighton Jarek solo episode, I logged into our Zencaster, and as I always do when I'm in the driver's <laughs> seat of the Zencaster, and I'm going to preempt this with whatever... I, the thing that I'm about to say is inherently funny, and Brian's going to gaslight me about it anyway. I just want you to know what? how funny this was. Me? I oh, just before we before Leighton Leighton before we dive into this, I have never gaslit you about anything. I have no plans to start gaslighting you about whatever you're about to say or anything else. And frankly, <laughs> frankly, the implication that I've done so in the past is abhorrent to me and offensive. Brian, there are two types of deliveries that when you do them always kill me. It's thank you and mm-hmm. who. Me? <laughs> You're really good at it. Thank you. Anyway, I was logged into the Zencaster, and anytime that I'm in the driver's seat of the Zencaster, I will gratuitously play the What's Poppin' theme song button, which has always been there. And I was trying to get it to stop, and I accidentally deleted the What's Poppin' clip for Zencaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that. It's not the there thing anymore. It's been there the entire time, and I deleted it on accident. Yeah. Anyway, I also f- didn't realize I was like, oh, what's this other track that's on here? And I'm grateful that I didn't test it with an esteemed guest because hearing that track out of context. <laughs> Brian, will you play that track out of context, please? Do <laughs> you fucking piece of shit? I hate you so much. Why? What's popping? That's the oh, What's Poppin' theme song. Can you ask me to play it? There it is. You're a fucking menace. Um, I don't. I don't understand the big deal. I just played the "What's Poppin'" theme song, a a thing I have done countless times, two hundred something times, in fact, <laughs> at this point in the show. I'm really glad that I wore my wearable blanket slash slanket for this because it's a level of self soothing that I think I desperately needed for to emotionally withstand this. So remind me what a slanket is. What's the slanket? It's a blanket with sleeves. Is that the slu? Yeah, it was like, uh, what is this, Snuggie? And then the iteration of that was the slanket. And then this is, it's definitely not explicitly a slanket because it's not, because like a slanket's like a smock. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this is a full, it's just a massive hoodie um, with a pocket that maybe is currently kangarooing inside of. Mm -hmm. And it has a hood. And it's comfortable. Yes, can we can we just like I don't need hoods on things. I don't want them. <laughs> Look at this shit. Yeah, I agree here. Hoods up. Hoods up, tits out. Let's do it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I always have my I already hood did up. One. Yeah, but Jarek, I think you're the only person I know who can pull it off. Thank you. I, but that's I this is exactly what I was about to say is I feel occasionally I will put my hood up and I, I'm like, this. I can't pull this off. I feel often this way about most hats. I put on a hat and I'm like, nope, not working. Um, yeah. And hood, I, I can't do it. I saw I was at, I spent about two hours outside in the cold today for a uh, elementary school soccer game. And <laughs> one of the other dads there had his hood up on his hoodie and looked perfectly acceptable. And he's a guy not too dissimilar from myself, middle-aged white guy, had the hood up, looked totally fine and normal. Yet for whatever it is about my face and hoods, I can't do it. Jarek, I think you look great with a hood up. Thank you. Layton, I agree. With that hood up, uh-uh, doesn't work. You know what fixes it? Sunglasses. If you fully commit and do sunglasses on top of the hood being up, you're golden. Yeah. Sunglasses Maybe, absolve could. most fashions sins, honestly. That is true. Uh, I had a, a a fun. Can I say this? I think I can say this. Uh, a, a fun text exchange with uh, my friend and yours, Jim Roach, who said, "Oh, a buddy, you know, a buddy of ours is going to the Grammys, and he picked a stupid suit out, like you know, from from Goodwill corduroy suit off the rack, complete piece of shit. We were making fun of him for it, and then he made Esquire's best dressed of the Grammys list." <laughs> That's amazing. That's that a huge awesome? W. That yeah. I mean, that's incredible. my favorite type of like dressed up fit if it just is kind of dumb. I think that's the only way that it works. I'm curious. Have we, have we ever talked about this? Would you pick out outfits for me? 
Is yeah. that something you would be interested in and willing to do? You and Rachel yeah. maybe together? Yes. Here's some Game Grumps lore. Uh, in the early days of the Power Hour, there was an episode that we recorded uh, that we did not follow through on the essential part of the episode. And thus it went to the scrap bin. But the concept of the episode is that Wait, Allie and I... Uh, so I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. You expect me to believe that a Game Grumps production did not follow through <laughs> on a concept and it had to be scrapped because of this? You want I'm- me to believe that a thing that the Game Grumps <laughs> did did not see completion because of lack of willpower? I... <sighs> Jesus, Brian. I will not be fooled again. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. <laughs> Take it to Reddit. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Anyway, this power hour was a teams of Allie and Dan and me and Aaron, and we had iPads and we were going through Fashion Nova, the fast fashion website that's a lot of, you know, ho wear. Uh, and we, I helped Aaron pick out an outfit for Dan. Allie helped Dan pick out an outfit for Aaron, which was hilarious because we picked out unbeknownst to each other, almost the exact same outfits. And they were (laughs) ridiculous. Please describe Um, them. Star-shaped sunglasses and a lot of feathers on Mm -hmm. the fits and some platform, like some high platforms. Um, But because it's fast fashion and everything sells out, these things never got ordered. Um, Mm. But it was fun to record. Uh, So that's the Power Hour cutting room floor. We had a, a a fashion thing today with Audrey in the car. I was driving her to ice cream after her soccer game, and we were parked in front of a, uh, uh, shall we say, an adult boutique with some lingerie and other such fits in the window. Mm-hmm. Um, this store very clearly says it's like DVDs, lingerie, fetish on the outside, and Audrey was looking at it, and she goes, who would wear that? You can see right through the bottoms. <laughs> so I was true. Like, I don't know, honey. All I can tell you is that I don't think I would wear that. Okay. Okay. Lingerie as a concept feels like a thing that when you are late teens, very early 20s, sounds really cool. And then you attempt to implement it and you're like, right, I, this is stupid nobody nobody does this this is a waste of time and money yeah that that has always been my opinion of lingerie even as a a young person like i was like why would anybody wear this maybe it's just a is it a generational thing is it a temperament thing like it has never seemed i i've never looked at a piece of lingerie and thought nice you know (laughs) like a regular bra and regular underwear, that almost feels like too much already. And then you add all the straps and the the get the get lace out of undergarments. We don't need it. We as a society have progressed past the need. I don't know. It's the same thing with heels. Why are we deluding ourselves into thinking that lace is comfortable? It's not. Well, the the thing that's interesting to me about lingerie is like when I think about. It, the effort that goes into putting it on, it's, it's even if it was sexy to me, the thought of like, how did you get into that is so distracting that it completely would kill <laughs> any mood. And then yeah, because I'd it's be like, like, well, the, how do I get this off? Also that. Yeah. Cause, cause daddy's interested on in what's on the inside. Right. <laughs> I think that split second is the most grossed out I've ever been by you. <laughs> there was Challenge something accepted, about that lady. smile that really got me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I agree. I, 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 Lantre has never done it for me personally. It's what's in here that that, that matters. Yeah. You're real sapiosexual. That's right. Yes. I'm trying to spin this into a joke. Can I do it? Yes, I want to fuck Abe Sapiens from Hellboy. Is that the joke? <laughs> I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing because it's not funny. No, I know. That's why, if you'll notice, I said, is that the joke after nobody laughed at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Totally. Or, may, or is it that you want to have sex with a maple tree? 
And you're a sapiosexual. I mean, the, the, the lubrication is hypothetically there. Syrup is nature's lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you guys say like syrup or language. syrup? Syrup. Syrup? Yeah, see, I say syrup uh-huh. too, Jarek. You say syrup. Rachel also says syrup. Syrup. The correct way. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Pe- shit. Pecan or pecan? Pecan. No, I, I think I say it differently from both of those. I think I say, that, by the way, that I know for a fact this word has like a billion different pronunciations that people say. I say uh, pecan. Pecan. I don't say pecan. I say pecan with the accent on the- Pecan. All right. Pecan. Like, like the thing I have in the corner over here that I pee in. <laughs> for, and for when I get thirsty- You're on it, Brian. I think we need to put you under more like personal emotional stress. It really makes you funnier. Hey, you know what? I I hate to admit it. You are 100% correct. When I <laughs> feel like I have nothing to lose, I the comedy goes up to 11. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like for me, the equivalent is, it, as has happened many times with this show, if I'm too depressed, I literally cannot do it. And listening to me talk is like, you need professional help. But if I'm really, really, really anxious, that's when it all, that's oh, when that's it pops interesting. off. Hmm. Yeah. And then mania, weirdly, is the other way around because then I just can't say words uh, correctly because of the... What do you call it? A rush of speech or whatever. Your brain does not, your brain and mouth is not connecting. Your mouth can't keep up. Yeah. Jarek, when do you think you're at your best in terms of podcasting? Shirtless. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, yes, actually. (laughs) Yes. In the daytime, because I don't have to set up any of this lighting stuff. This lighting stuff is Your exquisite lighting setup. Yeah. Looks like I'm being fucking interrogated right now. It really does. I must say, look, my, my lighting isn't quite dialed in either. I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> I have never seen you with good lighting, Jarek. Not, <laughs> not, and not even close to good lighting. In real it's life? Not, no, no, in real life, of course. But for the podcast, it's always there's always some element of it that is completely unhinged. Like right now you look like also because of you're wearing a dark thing. It's just like your face is just like floating. <laughs> In darkness, but weirdly, the foreground is very well lit. Uh, I don't quite yeah. know how you balanced it. It's kind of nuts, or it's like totally blown. It, it is. It's fascinating. It's a work of I art. I love it. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, you're an audio genius. I'll be the first to admit it. Lighting, I must admit, maybe is not your forte. I'll admit that. Yeah, look, I would admit the same thing about me. I don't know audio, and I don't know lighting. Look at that. Look at us acknowledging our. Our flaws as human beings. I think that's very real of us. Because this is a podcast where we talk about the real issues. That's right. We we really get into it. And we, we, we get into it and we get intimate. Now, speaking of getting intimate, Jarek and I just spent two weeks living together. Aww. You know, uh, we did, yeah, in, in, in Toronto with uh, Dan and Ooh. Jim Roach. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking my fucking joke, Jarek. You did it. That's exactly the one. That's that's that. Every time someone says Dan, I made it a rule that I have to say who, and you did it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So we were living side by side for more than two weeks. Yeah. And we shared flights. We shared airport lounges. Did you share toothbrushes? We did not share toothbrushes. Uh, I used Dan's toothbrush for butt things, and uh, I used my own toothbrush, and Jarek used his own toothbrush for toothbrushing. Okay, good for you. But we, I, we can talk about our little our little trip. Now, I don't want to give away any track list, but I think we can say uh, everything else. Uh, Jarek, do you want to—what what sticks out to you about our— our sojourn to Toronto, which I should say in case anyone doesn't know, even though we've mentioned it before, this was to record the album under the covers for uh, a Brian Weck solo project, which will be coming out in 2025. What are, what are the highs, lows, and woes of our well, Toronto a trip? high, a high, a high was... It's pronounced acai. The Thai food that we ate, the 
delicious oh, Thai. Suko Thai. Yep. Shout out to Suko yep. Thai. Uber Eats Hell that yeah. if you're in Toronto. Suko, S-U-K-H-O, Thai. What you got? Got a good cow soy. Got a good yellow oh, curry. It's the best. I had a red curry from them, which was awesome. Uh, just really, really great Thai food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. A low. One of the lows was my bedroom also had the laundry <laughs> had the laundry machines in them so these guys would come in to do laundry in my bedroom uh which is a little <laughs> unfortunate um, not while you were like sleeping though no right but no no definitely not granted not ideal i, I agree yes not ideal and definitely i feel like that laundry machine is definitely moldy because who airs that thing out um nobody so that was a low was the laundry and washing mm-hmm. machine in my bedroom, unfortunately. Yeah. So what about you, Brian? Well, it was, first of all, it was a nice Airbnb we got. Yeah. I, I thought it was actually generally pretty good. I was stuck up in the, <laughs> the top, <laughs> top floor where I basically couldn't stand up straight for, for most of it because the walls were, were tilted. You could see the, the slant of the house. Yeah. Imagine my shock when I'm babysitting your child and you FaceTime us and I was not informed about your current setup and then you just pop up looking like the villain in an A24 horror movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had to sit on the toilet to brush my teeth because I couldn't stand up over the sink because the sink was direct, like literally the wall was a foot over the sink. Uh, stunning, stunning design. It was fine, you know, for a couple of weeks. I can certainly live with it, but yeah, not ideal. So that was that wasn't great. Although it was nice, I had the entire top floor, such as it was, which was essentially a small bedroom to myself, which was fine. Although I it had no shower, so I had to walk down two flights of stairs to the ground floor <laughs> if I wanted to shower. But that's fine. Tragic. How did you survive? I know it's rough. Uh, I live a, a rough, a rough life. Highest point. What can I say? Twerp, baby. Mm-hmm. Like getting to spend time with those wonderful men, and they sounded great. They were playing great, and it's just, oh, they are my favorite people in the world, and I, I love spending time with them. Uh, and we got, you know, we got to hang out in the studio and outside the studio. It was just awesome to see those guys. Yeah, even though they're like really bad guys, I, they're just the greatest terrible people terrible mm-hmm. terrible people which is why we get along because exactly you know we did some plotting we did some scheming Ooh. uh we did a little finagling actually of some details to get the scheming to work which uh-huh. uh, you know and and it, because it's canada one uh canadian finagle is like three quarters of an american finagle oh is, so true that's that's a good deal that's a good deal you can get a lot shenanigans done. Evil there were some shenanigans. Yep, there were some shenanigans. Well, Phobos, Lord Phobos. Of course, so another high was the Trey Magnifique show mm-hmm. uh, yes. at the Garrison yeah. in Toronto, which was really fun. And Lord Phobos did an opening set. Uh, we had two openers. One was a band called Body Butter, who were great. And then Lord Phobos did a set of uh, steel guitar music, some originals, some covers, which was fucking awesome. Incredible. I didn't hear quite the whole thing because I was preparing for my own set right afterwards. Jerking off. Um, <laughs> you know it. Here, here's the thing with jerking off while you're listening to music. You really, <laughs> you got to let the, you got to let it build, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a fat, it's not the usual three to five seconds. It's more like a <laughs> 30 minute build. <laughs> well, you have yeah. to get, you have to get the cue, you know? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But I heard him soundcheck and a bunch of his set too. And he's he's so good at this fucking weird instrument. It's such an odd, odd thing. Like a steel, if you look at it, it's, you know, it's like horizontal, you know, it's basically laying down on the surface. It's a different tuning than a normal guitar. It's, it's, uh, it's intonation is different uh, than a normal guitar, which I hadn't realized, which kind of gives it a signature sort of flavor. You know, it's a related but very different uh, skill set, and he is so good at it. And he had these like real, you know, shitty Casio Tony backup beats, which were fucking oh, awesome. The best, yes, like doom, so good, doom, 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 that kind of stuff. Those are delightful. It was just, it was awesome. So, 
really, really fun to see him in a different context. And I think he might have an album of that he's working on or something. That's exciting. Also, he's got his, you know, when he talks, we all know what Lord Phobos sounds like. And watching him antagonize an audience where they can only understand about 30% of what he's saying is incredible. He and Trey share a similar ethos when it comes to being combative with the crowd. And uh, I do like that. I wrote new material. It's the only way to do it. Yes. I, I agree. Look, I think if if the performer acts like they want you to be there, something has gone wrong. <laughs> so it's, I, I, I worry, as with many, many things I do, I think this like kind of entitled asshole character is very funny. But every single time I get off stage, I'm like, did I push that one too far? Um, and I don't think so. Well, also, you're such like a genuinely warm and extroverted person otherwise that I think that's like the only way you can pull it off as a human being. I think so too. The problem is people don't know that part. I yeah. think sometimes, right? But hopefully it doesn't alienate too many people, although... Hopefully it only it's kind of a couple. Goal. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the goal. My goal, and I don't want to I don't want to blow any jokes. I wrote I wrote two good jokes that I, I'm going to use on the road. My goal is to write one stupid jazz joke every night, and so by the end of tour with Twerp, where we're doing six weeks, I'll have a whole arsenal of like dumb jazz jokes. I'm going to tell you one right now. We're going to cut this from the podcast, so I'm going to tell you this joke. Too and exclusive we're just, for the pod. We're just, wow. just going to hear the reaction to it. Okay. So I would occasionally do some music theory education. Right. And one moment of education was... That joke went over well. I like that joke. It did. It landed really well at the gears. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It hit. So, yeah, it was a great trip. We got a lot done. And uh, it was cold, uh, but generally the weather was pretty good. Now, Jarek, this was interesting. This is one of the longer stretches you've ever had in such cold weather, right? Yeah. When we got there, it was like 16 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. Oh, I will add, I will add a highlight was while I was in Toronto, I got to go to the Kim's Convenience store. Oh, yeah. That's right. Based on, named after the show, Kim's Convenience. Oh, yeah. Other way around, right? The the show is named after that store, isn't it? I don't know. I, I was also told that they changed the store name after the show. Oh. So, oh, okay. But oh, I could be wrong. Sense, yeah. People let me know in the comments. But that was a big highlight of my Toronto trip. Yes. You were very excited about that. And you guys got back in time for a bunch of LA rain, which is always a joy yep. that makes yep. me happy and not... T- terror about my ceiling leaking. You're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Like a thing with accepting the symptoms of my mental illness, you know, is this is a long fought thing of accepting that it's not linear and that if I have a couple of good days, at some point, I'm going to have a couple of really, really bad days and then forget that the good days happen and start catastrophizing about it. And I think the acceptance of it's going to stop raining, these are, these are your allotted bad days for this week. It'll get better. I don't know. That probably sounds like a very simple thing, but difficult no, to do. Sense. Yes. And then also it's the classic maybe thing of, you know, even when it's sunny out, she is a little princess and doesn't want to walk a lot. But when it's raining, it's just the drawing it out where it's like, if you shit, this will end. I don't want to be here either. <laughs> oh. Please, please, God, why don't you understand? Yeah, as, as you know, I do own a child and it's very similar <laughs> uh, with that as well. If you just do the activity, this will end. I can predict how this current course of events is going to play out and it's going to end with you sobbing. So if we did the following simple thing, we could head that off at the pass. Nope. Okay. I can only imagine as, as one's kids get older that a big part of parenting is just simply not telling them stuff because you know they're not going to listen anyway. And the temptation as a parent to say, I told you so, is so 
overpowering that <laughs> it is very, very hard to resist. Yet it is, of course, a extremely unhelpful thing to say and doesn't result in more listening. So I imagine yeah. one of the big struggles of being a parent is it's not giving advice by itself. It's knowing when to give advice in such a way that that advice will be listened to. And sometimes it just won't be, right? Sometimes you just yeah. have to resign yourself to the fact that no matter what you say, even if you're a world expert in something and your kid is asking for advice on that thing, they won't fucking listen to you because you're their parent. And yeah. that's just the way it goes. I think it's also like so many of those things you literally just have to learn it the hard way and it's not going to sink in otherwise. And I'm sure it's deeply frustrating to have to sit there and hold that in. I feel like it, it must oh. be the same way that, that therapists feel, like knowing that they can't say certain things, like they can readily identify the problem and it's part of their yes. job to not do that. <laughs> I didn't watch this. Rachel did the Jason Siegel Harrison Ford show Shrinking, which mm -hmm. I believe... Mm starts out with Jason Siegel as a therapist going, just fucking dump the guy, okay? Dump him. <laughs> he doesn't like you. Just do it. Incredible show. Is it, is it good? Do you like it? I loved it. Yeah, we wrote through yeah, it. Yeah, Rachel did too. I also, we talked about this a bit on this week's mini, but I used uh, downtime in Toronto to catch up on some media, including, uh, which will be relevant soon for reasons maybe people can guess, the new Masters of the Universe show on Netflix. I watched The Queen's Gambit. I watched... Another thing, which maybe I'll talk about later. What did you think of Queen's Gambit? I thought it was fine. Like just fine. Yeah, I love I love the way it looked. Cool period piece. There was a lot to like about it. I liked a lot of the actors. Andre Taylor Joy was great, but overall, I thought I I don't know. I, it felt kind of heavy handed to me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I liked I liked the ch the chess parts were great. Yeah. I really liked the chess parts. The other stuff maybe less great. No, I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't like yeah, dislike enough. it. I did not quite see the reason for the level of reverence that it engendered. Ain't that just the way in this landscape of shit? I know I got yeah. yelly angry on this week's mini about oh, media. In a very but, fun way. Oh, but dear God, please, please have higher standards for your media, for the love of God. Well, yeah, have higher standards, but also so much of the discourse is controlled by uh, controlled is the wrong word, but but main players in it are actual children, and <laughs> part of being a teenager or young adult is having very very passionate responses to media. Right, that's just what happens when you are that age, and whenever you experience media that you're like, oh my god, that's like my thing, even if it's not totally your thing or it's not that great. Uh, you're going to love it and you're going to act like it's a big part of your identity. That's just what everyone goes through. I certainly did it. Oh, yeah. We, we all have. It's just hard to see it so publicly on social media now and then feel like you'll be shouted down if you're like, hey, maybe that's actually not the greatest thing that's ever happened. That's, that's It's the also the moralizing about it. Just yes. say you don't like it. You don't have to invent a reason that you're better than other people for having not liked it. That's right. I think there are valid things that you can moralize about, but a lot of the time it's like, do you even give a fuck? Like, do you actually yeah. care or do you just want people to see that you're a good person? Capital right. G, capital P, good person. Liking or not liking a piece of media is does not reflect your moral standing as a human being and watching like people in their 30s and 40s earnestly do that take over and over go outside if you liked x then you're a bad person that that thing yeah yeah did you finish watching may december brian no but i did watch two more episodes of the curse so now i'm oh, through yes. episode three oh. i finished episodes one two and three of the curse and it's already great Jarek, did you watch all of it? I haven't started it yet at all. As, oh, the, biggest, as the biggest Nathan Fielder fan. Oh, dude. I ugh, yeah. I know. I you am. are. You're probably the biggest Nathan Fielder fan I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, we haven't started the curse yet. Get the Paramount Plus free trial if you don't already have it, and then just burn through it and all right. cancel it. Yeah, it's great. Like we talked about, the less said, the better. 
Yeah. And I don't even know. I'm only three episodes in, so I know it's going places, but. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. I've been reading a lot of interviews with Benny Safdie after watching the show, and I really respect him as an artist and as an actor and seems like a cool dude. Yes. my parasocial relationship for the day. (laughs) I agree. When I've heard him interviewed, I'm like, Safdie Brothers movies, I think you could watch those and be like, those guys are annoying. And... Yet when I've heard at least Benny interviewed, he seems like a very interesting and cool person. And it's also like when they've been interviewed together, it's impossible to watch because Josh has that like older brother, I must talk over you at all times energy. Mm -hmm. And now that they've kind of had their like going in separate directions thing, I'm -hmm. interested to see how that goes for both of them. Have you ever watched Frownland? No. Yes. I haven't heard of it. I did. What? It's, uh, what's the guy's name? Ronald Bronstein. That's it, Bronstein. Thank you. It's his movie, I believe. And mm-hmm. it's it's a hard watch. But some people love this film. They love it. I didn't like it, not because it was uncomfortable, just because I didn't like it very much. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it, too. I did not see the reverence, understand the reverence there. Yeah. That some people have for it. I've never heard anybody else talk about that movie. <laughs> it's very obscure. I only really learned about it because they were talking about it. This is like a year or two ago on uh, on the best show. Anytime you say most people hate this, but I love it. Look, I'm yeah. going to check it out, of course. And in this case, I didn't hate it, hate it, but I didn't have a good time watching it, which is definitely the yeah. point of the film. Do you know what the title is a reference to? Mm-mm. What? It's a Captain Beefheart song. Un- unless oh. I'm way off base, I can't think of another instance of the word Frownland except in a, a Captain Beefheart song. Hmm. Interesting. Gra- replica. Yeah. I learned from the Viper Club guys that SpongeBob was created or inspired heavily by the band Ween. <laughs> Is that true? A lot of the writing in SpongeBob is like references to Ween lyrics. What? That's why in the SpongeBob movie where they had like David Hasselhoff, that's why Ocean Man is in the end because oh, uh, they really wanted okay. the guy really wanted Ween to be in the movie somehow. So I oh, don't know how true that is. Don't know how true that is, but I believe it. Yeah. Wow. I'd have to see evidence of that. I mean, that Ween rabbit hole goes pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I love a lot of Ween. Uh, but and the band, I, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, so what I was going to ask you, Layden, is what did you get up to while we were on our little Toronto trip? Tell us all about your exciting life. Well, you don't have to be mean about it. <laughs> what did I do? Are you still drinking your pistachio lattes? Yeah, I am. I'm going to drink the fuck out of them until the day that they stop doing them, which is That's coming great. up. Yeah, the day the pistachio latte stops is is coming up soon. Yeah. I I had a couple of gigs uh, that I did that varied from, you know what, I'm not going to say how they were. And the fact that I'm not saying how they were is probably an indicator of how they went. And I was able to get another thing lined up that I'm actually very excited about. I'm on my third rewatch of True Detective season one this week. Third this week? Yeah, yeah. I finished it and then I immediately went back to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I took myself on a little date to the Alamo Draft House to do um, an an 11 a.m. showing of Zone of Interest. (laughs) Wow. The ultimate date film. Yeah, and then I walked around Macy's because I wanted to smell some perfumes that I'd been reading about. And a very nice Mm -hmm. man really whisked me around the perfume department, uh, just handed me cards with stuff. And it was very exciting because I've been so into like reading about fragrances lately. And it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what good girl smells like. Whoa. So yeah, big ups to that guy in that like, boy, Macy's is a grim place. It's like... It really it's is. It's like a Kmart now. It's just completely like on its last leg. Yeah. Like many big retailers, that place is not going good places. 
Yeah. Um, but it was a good, I, I, me dazed going up the escalator in Macy's thinking about zone of interest. Uh, and I walked around for a little while more just contemplating. Great film. Can't recommend it. And I mean, horrible, but uh, really great. Mika Levy, just the greatest of all time. I've been trying to find new fragrances and I've ordered a bunch of oh. samples and I bought a full-size version and I'm very happy that the name of this perfume is what it is. But the perfume's is. called I I Am Trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's like apple on top of like wood. It's very interesting. Oh, interesting. I like it a lot. I, I know we've talked about this, but I can't remember the answer. Do you have a go-to scent that you had been using? I do. Yeah. Past? It's the most basic bitch scent of all time, which is uh, YSL Black Opium. Okay. Right. Yes. I love it. I will defend that perfume till the day I die. Yeah, it's overused. Yeah, it's high school girl perfume. Yeah, it's cloyingly sweet. Fuck you. It smells like coffee and chocolate. But it's been really fun. Like, I think that, you know, I think I mentioned this to you. Uh, one of the perfumes I tried, like, has a gunpowder note in it. Oh, yes, and, that's right. I remember this. And when I sprayed it on paper, I couldn't smell it. The moment it hit my skin, it was like, Phew, there it is. And I think it's oh, kind of fascinating okay. and magic the way that fragrances are so different, like, literally based on the chemicals in your skin. Like, it's that's crazy. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Am I remembering correctly that the great Alan Cumming created a scent called coming all over you. <laughs> Good for him. Am I remembering that? I love Alan Cumming. I love Alan Cumming. He really wins the name lottery. Yeah. And he's also awesome. Coming the fragrance. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Alan Cumming? He is a, a veteran performer of all of, of stage and screen. You've seen him in a million mm. different, Things. Notably a, in Spy Kids. <laughs> oh, was he in Spy Kids? That's great. Oh, he's awesome in Spy Kids. Wow. He was in Schmigadoon recently. He does a lot of like musical theater stuff, and he's just incredible. One of those performers that every time I see him, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it wasn't coming all over you. It's coming the fragrance. Yeah. I like that your brain added the all over you. Yeah. But yeah, after seeing Benny Safdie in Good Time and Oppenheimer, a movie I hate. Um, and then the, cur he's so good in the curse. Uh, his performance is really great. And I was reading him talking about how he really loves crying when he's acting. And then when he's directing, he loves getting people to cry. Like mm -hmm. in terms of, like, I think he was telling an anecdote about like, he made himself cry to make an actor feel comfortable crying. <laughs> That's awesome. And he, he has, sometimes you see men who just are blessed with the eyelash gene he is oh, one of he's them. got it. Yes, he He has yes. the most beautiful, lush eyelashes. I'm very jealous. Yes, he really does. Are they Jersey guys? I can't remember. Where are they from? They're New York, like Brooklyn guys. Divorced parents who were both living in drastically different situations in New York. So I, that kind of makes mm. sense for them going back and mm -hmm. forth. Man, I really, whatever the opposite of take for granted is, uh, of Appreciate. the... The divorced parent lifestyle from a young age of going back and forth between homes. Mm -hmm. Very strange experience. I guess neither of you experienced that. Oh, yeah. My parents were divorced. Oh, hey. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, my parents split up in like the fifth grade. I thought it was fun, actually. I got to have two bedrooms and two houses to go to. Okay. The thing for me is that it shows up in my dream, like my stress dreams so much. Does that happen to you? No, it doesn't. I think my parents were better off split up, so... Um, <laughs> oh. So were mine, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also made, like, one of, like, my best friends as a kid. She lived, like, three doors down. Oh, awesome. Great band. Yes. So, no, it never shows up in my stress dreams. Hmm. I didn't know a bunch of kids with divorced parents, so that was always kind of an odd one out mm -hmm. situation until maybe later in my teens. Uh but I rem there was a girl's mom made her stop being friends with me because my parents got divorced. What? Mm -hmm. that because, because, of because of religious reasons? Yeah. No. No. What? Because um, she didn't want that. And then she got divorced a couple of years later. Oh, shit. So, 
<laughs> oh, and then you were friends again. No, actually, she bullied me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The worst possible case. Yeah. You know what's really humbling? Being bullied by a theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I hate musicals. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, should we move on to some uh, some seggies? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Hey, you know what I hate? Um, What's that? The wide, for monetization purposes, censorship of everything, but seeing the word sex spelled as S-E-G-G-S. Oh, oh terrible. Layden, I could not worst. agree with you more. It is truly the worst, especially when people do S with two, like, egg emojis. Yep. There's something about segs, which... <laughs> drives me fucking nuts, which is A, the inane censorship of the word sex, by the way, a thing that I am directly and financially uh, hit for. Ninja sex party? Ninja sex party. Yeah. Oh my God, Um, can we make that the title of this episode? (laughs) Ninja sex party? Sure. Yes, absolutely we can. But, uh, you know, the the fact that it won't, like in in search bars, it won't autocomplete. If you mm-hmm. start to type the word sex, so you, like if you type ninja S in the YouTube search, it won't put sex party. It just drives me insane. And also I find it aesthetically monstrous, the word segs. It's yeah. like, we, what, what, what's wrong with S-E-C-S? Why couldn't we do sex? I like, also hate Give me that, a couple though. sex. I agree with you, but it's not as bad as segs. It's same with like unalive and especially like if segs is used in like a really serious context yeah just i hate it it's 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 a watering down and minimization of language um any, anyway should we move on to some segments yeah <laughs> yes i agree with that i was, I was wondering actually thing. uh would you describe me i felt like this is true i know it, this is cliche i just you humor me for a moment Chaotic neutral, is that me? Would you describe me as chaotic neutral? Is that my alignment? Or chaotic evil? Or just evil? Brian, you're going to hate this. Lawful evil. Oh, no. No, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you and your house. (laughs) Lawful evil? You're more lawful than you think, I think. If I'm performing, I would say I'm chaotic. Would you agree with that? Yes. Sure. But you you know, you're not wrong, and I understand where you're coming from. I do have a code that I uh I abide by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is you get the money up front. <laughs> All right, introduce your segments. All right, segments. our first segment is our segments. Pop, our first segs segment is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is where you get to talk about something you've been enjoying recently, a book, a video game, a movie, whatever it might be, this segment. And I historically, I don't, we don't have a lot of time tonight. Um, I don't like to draw out the introduction so much, so I'm going to keep it short and Because at 8 p.m., we uh, will all spontaneously drop dead. Yeah, that's right. That's the real curse. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, um, unalive. This is- Be unalive. You. The name of the segment is What's Poppin', and unfortunately, I don't have the ability to play the theme song, but we do insert it in post, and it goes here. What's Poppin'? What's Poppin'? Great. That was the And you told the truth on that one for once. Uh, Layden, what's poppin'? Uh, Because I spent most... (laughs) What's poppin'? What's poppin'? You know, I've always enjoyed how optimistic. (laughs) What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Call me lawful again. (laughs) You're lawful according to your own code, Brian. What's poppin'? I'm being silenced. What's poppin'? I completely forgot what I was... Oh, I was gonna say that... My voice sounds so hopeful and optimistic in that theme song. I feel the same when I listen to like single digit or double digit episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in the early days of COVID when everything was great. Yeah, yeah. Real like Pollyanna. I feel like my uh, vocal balls have dropped to a degree. 
Because on the mini, I recommended a bunch of movies and I was going to recommend The Curse, but we already talked about The Curse a little bit, uh, which is a very Uh emphatic recommendation. Uh, I'll talk about a book. Um, And the book that I will recommend is My Friend Anna, which is about Anna Sorokin, the, you know, scammer uh, that is written by her friend who was taken for a ride. I found it very compelling um, and fascinating as like a character study of someone who is so brazen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I recommend that. I was so viscerally stressed out reading that book. I haven't had that effect from like a nonfiction book in a while, but like being at the point where the author whose name I forget, which I should just Google it, is on the hook for $60,000 and it has ruined her life and is spending weeks and months being strung along saying, oh, I've sent the wire, I've sent the wire, I've sent the wire. Reading that, like I just kept having to take breaks because it was so... I was sweating. Uh, So yeah, really recommend my friend Anna. Great. What's popping for you, Jarek? What's popping for me? Let me know if I need to take this out. But... oh. It is The Russian Alphabet by Brent Weinbach. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it is I, very... Yeah. I, I like Brent Weinbach. I've yes. never heard The Russian Alphabet. Why would that be too edgy? It's because it's Brent Weinbach um, going down like the alphabet and in a Russian accent, and some of the lyrics are could be a little too edgy for some. Okay, well, for those of you who... Who listen to that and feel upset, Jerk? What's your phone number? <laughs> just real quick, just give me. You know what? You don't need to give give everybody all the digits. How about nine digits of your phone number? Well, and you know, liking something is also you endorsing everything that is in the thing that you like, and everything obviously. the author has ever done. Also, yeah. Regardless, so of you're, if things you're are a real piece of shit, Jerick. <laughs> I mean, Jer- well, one of the things that we- would happen while we were in uh, Canada is, Jarek, you were talking a lot about uh, how great you think Putin is and how <laughs> you feel that, you know, <laughs> Russia is really kind of the future uh, of the world. And, and you said well, uh, you-, you-, you were really going off on Zelensky and a bunch of the Ukrainian stuff. So do you want to really take this moment? You're not, on the, you're not on the podcast that much. Do you want to talk about your boy Putin for, for a little bit here? Or as you call him, Vladdy P? <laughs> Jarek, how does it feel to be the subject of this? <laughs> I feel like I'm being harassed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, just ta- I, I I'm, saying, I'm saying a true thing that happened. That's all. Yeah. I'm just talking. I'm speaking my truth. You're a truth teller. Say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a truth teller. Uh, I'm a gadfly. Uh, <laughs> I, as I've mentioned, I hold a, a mirror up to society. And sometimes people get freaked out by that. And that's kind of not my problem. Like, if you don't like what you see when you look in the mirror that I shoved into your face violently, and now you're mad at me for no reason, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, like a mirrored house that you've put in the area that you're rapidly and heartlessly gentrifying while convincing yourself that you're a good That's person. exactly right. Yep. That exact kind. Well, in the event that I need to take out that pop-in, this is my other pop-in. My other pop-in is, again, The O.C. We're on the second season of The O.C. And you love The O.C. The O.C. is incredible, but guess who was in The O.C. last night? It was the band The Killers. Like, pre-blown Whoa. up. So, it was really? like... Really? Before, before Mr. Brightside? I think it was like kind of just that cusp. So like I think Mr. Brightside came wow. out in like 04 and like the season was like 2002, 3. So yeah, Damn. if I need to Crazy. swap out my pop-in, that's my pop-in is again, the OC. They have okay. their, didn't they just announce a Great. residency at the uh, Vegas Sphere? Oh, really? Oh I didn't know that. That would be incredible. They're from Vegas, so that makes sense. That would be great for them. Really? Okay. Yes, and so was Panic at the Disco. They're also from Vegas. That makes sense. Were you big into Panic at the Disco, Jarek? I wasn't. Just only only the hits, but yeah. nah, they were What's fine. the big nine in the afternoon? Is that Panic at the Disco? Yes, nine in the afternoon. You pulled out then... nine in the afternoon as a big <laughs> hit for them? I don't know. That's the first one that came to me. <laughs> what were their other That's ones? That's fascinating. Well, there's like the newer era stuff that they just play in mega churches now, which is wild. But like A Fever You Can't Sweat Out as an album, I revisit often. They wrote it when they were like 18 or whatever. And it's wow. like peak. 
steampunk. It's like the, all the music videos from that era are ridiculous, but mm-hmm. oh, I love that album. Like unironically, I, it fucks really hard. Um, I was a teenager once. I, I had a big panic at the disco phase. So, yeah. Brian, what's popping for you? Well, Jarek, thanks for asking. Um, what's popping for me, I may have talked about this before, but it's so great that I'm just going to talk about it again. It is the Joni Mitchell Live at Newport album that I think just won a Grammy. Oh. You know, after many years of not performing due to ill health, you know, has been doing some shows recently, notably with, a lot with Brandy Carlisle, who is also awesome. And yes. Joni Mitchell, just an all-timer songwriting genius. She did a, a show at, at Newport Newport Folk Festival. I think it was last year. It might have been the year before. Um, and maybe they just put the record out last year. And her voice is so... You know, she's very old and she's not in great health. But her voice is weathered and perfect in all the right ways. Like, it's, 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 it's low, but her pitch is just dead on. Look up. She does a version of Both Sides Now, which honestly makes me cry every time I hear it because you can just feel everything in her like life being put into this song, which she wrote when she was, you know, I think it's from the 60s, right? The song is 60 years old, so she's probably in her 20s when she writes this song, which is about, you know, basically struggle, I mean, gen- generically speaking. You know, I'm not much of a lyrics person, generally speaking, but these are great, great lyrics. And hearing old Joni sing them with the experience that the lyrics kind of belie from the beginning, but now you can hear it in her voice is just priceless. So very few things musically just make me tear up. And this is is one of them. You know, I, That's she probably doesn't have that much long left on this earth. And she is just a treasure. So listen to that whole album's great, but both sides now specifically, and you can watch it. They have a great video of her. Brandy Carlisle's right next to her. The beautiful ensemble singers, instrumentalists, and you can watch Brandy Carlisle. And it seems very genuinely like <laughs> almost not be able to sing because of how emotional this, mm. this song is making her. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's my pop. Nice. That's a very good pop-in. I feel like I feel similarly of watching like older age Eartha Kit performances. There's one video in particular, I forget what show it's on, but she does I Want to Be Evil and then like gets really, really personal about her childhood. And like she, you know, had a very, very rough childhood uh, and yeah. she's getting emotional about it and talking about like the persona of Eartha Kit that she puts on. I, she was just... The greatest. Absolute greatest. Yeah. All right, time for our final segment, which is called Peaches and Lemons, but we're going to do one peach each this time because we're all tired and we want to go home even though we are all literally at, at home. So that's the, here's the uh, theme song for that. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Yeah, that's the one that I was glad that I didn't play out of nowhere with a guest on the show. (laughs) It's a good one, though. You've got to admit it's a good one. It's one of my favorites. I'll go first with my peach. My peaches as... Are you good? Yeah, I'm just just vibing. I'm just breathing, doing my... (laughs) Doing my breathings. I got to do my breathings every... People, normally we edit these out of the show, but about... An hour, seven minutes in. Every show I do my breathings. <laughs> Keep these one in, in uh, this week, Jerk. Are you, are you auditioning for the Hellraiser remake with that pose? Oh, I would love to be. Are you kidding me? I would love to be. Now, you get which Cenobite, which Cenobite would I be? I think I'd just be, I'd be a Cenobite, a Cenobite that just looks like me just normally. And I'd just be hanging out in the background. Maybe I'd have an <laughs> earring or something like real dangly in one ear. And, you know, Pinhead would be like, and Brian. <laughs> and I'd be like, yo, what's up? Do you want to <laughs> hang out later? <laughs> I'm free. I'm free tonight. Are you free? 
I'm free tonight. What are you doing? Let's make plans right now. Give me your phone. I'll put my number in. I'll put my number in your phone. Here, text me right now so I have your number. That's great. What's your name? Did I spell your last name right? It's Schaefer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let me, let, why don't we hang out? Let's hang out right now. That's the kind of Cenobite I'd be. And then I'd the be Brian like, there's a Cenobite fine line. hanging out yeah. with Hunter Schaefer, an icon. Yeah, that's right. There's a fine line between the pleasure of hanging out with me and the pain of hanging out with me. And <laughs> so true. I'm, I'm an interdimensional explorer of the pain of hanging out when you don't really want to. But maybe it's a little, <laughs> maybe it's a little fun. Maybe it's like a little fun. Late I'm night fun. with Brian Wecht. That's yeah. how I feel right yeah, now. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Can I that's say my peach? Of, that's the kind of centibite I'd be. Yeah. Sorry. Are you, you were talking? <laughs> my peach for this episode is that, as stated on this show, as always, I get really, really nervous going into the winter months just because of that seasonal affective depression, baby, which is already pretty bad throughout the year and then gets worse. This winter has been going great for me, actually. Um, I love and that. I'm doing comparatively really well and feel like I am in control of my life. Uh, my therapist is very proud of me. Uh, and I am cautiously proud of myself. So I'm proud of you too. Wow, gee whiz. Thank you. Do you want to hang out later? <sighs> I'd rather <laughs> hang out with your child. Anytime. She loves hanging out with you. Uh, one of you, Peach. Are we just doing one Peach? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me play this. I literally one. said, do you just not listen to women? Sorry, I was I, I was dealing with something. <laughs> I was trying to, uh, I was doing my breathings. Here, let me play the one Peach each theme song real quick. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? I don't think I've ever done the joke where I just play the What's Poppin' theme song over and over before, so I'm doing it again. Hey, yeah, Jared, also, what's it's your not peach? A joke. I'll give a lemon instead of a peach. My lemon is that I got sick. I was puking and shitting at the same time. But my peach is my doctor told me to lose some weight, and by shitting and puking at the same time, I lost a couple pounds. So let's yeah. go. <laughs> Love that for you. Brian, That's great, Jared. Congratulations. What's your stuff? Thank you. A lemon because I was in Toronto for two weeks. I missed a bunch of Audrey's soccer games, which I don't like. I don't like missing my kid's soccer game. She scored some goals. She ran around the field a lot. I heard it all from Rachel. And it just sucks. It sucks to not be there. But such is the life of a musician. And she understands, and I'm sure she won't hold it against me when she's an adult. The life of an international man of mystery who's committing terrible crimes against her favorite video game characters. <laughs> That's right. Now, now to be fair, Kirby had a great time. And uh, I don't think if you asked Kirby, he would describe that evening as anything other than uh, a positive experience. All right, great. What's your peach? My peach is that I haven't talked about this much on the show. Those of you who maybe have been uh, paying attention to social media might have noticed that uh, there was a a minor merch kerfuffle with Ninja Sex Party and some other bands uh, where a major merch distributor suddenly went out of business, leaving everybody in the lurch and taking with it. Suffice it to say, it was a bad scene for many, many, many different reasons, but... We finally have a new merch store for Ninja Sex Party up and running, and that is my peach. We have our merch. We got it all. It is now available for sale. This is not an advertisement for this, but it was one of the many things we had to sort out was figuring that out. After the last few months, you've more than earned a little advertisement as a treat. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me permission to advertise on my own show late. I appreciate that. <laughs> Look, obviously, we have an album uh, in pre-order right now that's coming out. Uh, that is now actually for a month or whatever. That was unavailable to purchase in the middle of a pre-order, which is great. Uh, but it is now available to purchase again. And that certainly, yeah, I wouldn't mind the support if you did that. But uh, the bigger thing is just we have a way to sell merch again, which is awesome. 
And I guess worth noting that the same cannot be said of the late night merch store. That's right. Or the Trey Magnifique merch store or a bunch of other, or Go Banana Go or a bunch of other things that are still in process uh, because the solution we found for NSP uh, is not being offered for other projects, uh, many other projects at the moment. So we do need to figure something out with that. But yeah. uh, So for all two of you who wanted to buy a piece of late night merch, um, sorry to disappoint. That's right. I look forward to to making more eventually. Do you think we could like do an upcharge for stuff that I personally like sit on or lick or something? <laughs> like hands sat on by Brian Weck, Dr. Brian Wecht. Right? I sat on your t-shirt for 10 minutes. Now you have to pay 25 cents more. You could touch them with your feet, maybe. That feels like more on brand for you. I like that, yeah. Get a really big stamp pad, stamp your foot, and do it like a baby's birth certificate. (laughs) Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) On the front of the Trey Magnifique album cover. Offering, well, I I wouldn't say that's on brand for Trey. It's on brand for me, not not so much for Trey. Uh, I do like the idea of doing a baby's birth certificate for me right now. You know, maybe, (laughs) look, I'll, I'll be 50 in... Uh, a year and change, which is an insane thing to say, but is true. Maybe when I turn 50, I can put out a rebirth certificate with my new footprints <laughs> on it. And your new name. You know, like yes. my name, Brian Alexander Weck, 190 pounds, you know, fucking smoking hot and <laughs> five foot nine and footprints. Yeah. Yeah, well, another banger of an episode here. Always a pleasure with you two. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I think I have sap on my thumb. Hold on. Nope, that was something else. <laughs> I had a I had a weed vape cartridge explode in my uh, mouth this week. <laughs> wow. That's great. Hold on. Do tell. Do tell. I don't know what else to say. I it very shitty vape where I had to like keep warming it like with my fingers to get it liquid enough. And then it just kind of, um, it completely spat the goo out of the top and sides and it was hot goo and it went all over my hands and all over my mouth. And so I was at my sink desperately scrubbing like that shit is hard to get off and it was hot. (laughs) Um, so me standing there with a sugar scrub, it was all over my tongue. Um, nobody clipped that. Uh, it was a really unpleasant experience. I didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry, Layton. If it's any consolation, you deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can check out Late Night. Uh, You already listened to the show, so. (laughs) Yeah. And here, let me say the thing I always say at the end of every episode. Hang loose. Dick wise. I'm going to kill you. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>